All right, welcome back. So this week we have Leah from our chair force, which is our back office at Black Ops, and she manages the office. And we we talk through a whole bunch of stuff around policies, procedures, and IT systems. So if you're looking at getting into the industry, um, or you're looking at scaling up from a smaller brewery to sort of where we're at now, or if you're at about our size and looking to sort of benchmark off what you're doing and compare it, then I think this episode will be super useful to you. This season, the plan is to interview a bunch of other breweries and and I've done that so far, but also interview some key Black Ops staff and there's no one more key than the person who's responsible for running all the behind the scenes stuff at Black Ops. So that's a really cool chat. I'll get into that in a second. But before I do though, I thought it'd be cool to just um, catch up on some events that are happening at the moment. So this past weekend, we just... We're at the Backyard Invitational by Stone and Wood, and we've mentioned that a few times on the podcast already. And God, it was just such a great event. It was, it was like the Jamie said to me at the event. It's a, a beer event for, um, for brewers by brewers, or something cool like that. He said, um, and it really was. It was just a. It just was very smooth. Everyone was having a great time. There was a huge selection of products available to people. It was just easy to get drinks. It was a really really cool setting. Um, in this factory at the back of um, Billabong at Burley Heads there. And it was just an awesome event. So thanks to Stone and Wood for having us. Thank you if you came up to us at the event and said hello. I had a lot of people come up and say they enjoyed the podcast, which is super cool. So if you listen to it, it's it's just me talking into a microphone. So I don't know who listens to this, but uh, it's really, really cool when we go to events and you come up and you you say that you listen to the podcast. It's, that's really cool. So please please keep that up and give us some feedback on, on who you'd like on and, and that kind of thing. Um, but also really cool to see the locals, just a really, really good group of people we have on the Southern end of the Gold Coast who love craft beer. So it's a cracking event. And if you didn't get along to it, then if they do it again, I would highly recommend doing it. We, we can't wait to be part of it again. If, if Stone would invite us along and, um, we, we're just stoked to be part of it. Um, I just thought I'd also go through some upcoming events because September is absolutely crazy when it comes to craft, craft beer events. And we've got about six different events coming up. So I'm going to run through a couple of those. First of all, we've got uh, the Indies Award. So this is our first Indies Award. We've sent a bunch of beers down for that. That's going to be on the between the 4th and the 6th of September when Brewcon is running. And it's going to be the first Brewcon that all the founders are going down for. And uh, both me and Govs are speaking at a session down there. I'm doing a session on crowdfunding and Govs is part of a session on uh, CO2 gas. And... Um, we're also all going to the Indies Awards. We've submitted a bunch of beers, so we're hoping to do well at those. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We've got the Crafted Festival on the Gold Coast on the 7th of September, which last year was great. It actually rained last year, but it kind of somehow didn't detract from being a really, really awesome event. And the year before was great too. It's really well organized, really good crew of people. And uh, Black Ops is going to be there. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm not sure what the beer lineup's going to be yet, but we'll, we'll bring a bunch of different beers to that and bring something interesting, I'm sure. That's going to be a lot of fun. The weekend after that, we've got the Sunshine Coast Beer Festival. That's on the 14th. Then we've got the Beeries the week after that on the Thursday. And for that, we've got uh, Niall and Ali who've been nominated. I mentioned last podcast. So that's going to be really exciting. Beer Insiders on the 21st. And Black Ops is going to be at that as well. That's in Brizzy and that's on the Saturday. Um, we're doing a day for our Alpha Team investors on the 22nd at Black Ops 2, which we haven't really mentioned yet. We just sent an email out to Alpha Team today. So if you are part of our Alpha Team investors, we're going to do a custom brew on that day 
and we're going to do a tour and some tastings and some other fun stuff. So that's going to be our first Alpha Day, which we hope to do every year. And we're also doing an Oktoberfest event at both tap rooms on the 28th, which I don't think we've announced yet, but we're going to brew a bunch of um, German beers for that and uh, do a simultaneous event at, at Burley and Bigger Rewarders as well. So September is going to be huge. We can't wait. And um, I hope you enjoy all the things we have coming up. Um, so this episode, this is a really fun one. Uh, obviously, the the office is where I spend all of my time at Black Ops and it's it's not the kind of stuff that gets a lot of attention normally but to me it's quite useful to get a heads up on what different companies are using what software companies are using how they're approaching things like hr and and back office things which which are often not talked about so i thought it'd be really useful to have a chat with leo who's just a super beast in the best possible way that runs the back office um, at Black Ops, everything from sales to marketing to social media to distribution is there's a whole bunch of stuff that's done through the office that um, Leah's ultimately responsible for. And uh, I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. I, I started by asking her what she did before working for the best company on earth and having the best boss on earth, which is obviously me. All right, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to ask me that question in those exact words because if you didn't, I was going to say it again. I did I did give you warning that, that was your first question. <laughs> you did. Um, so I'm Leah. I'm Chair Force Manager here at Black Ops. I'll get to what the Chair Force is in a minute. Um, but before I started working at Black Ops, I did a lot of stuff. Um, I was a tour guide in Europe, um, which... Um, taught me a lot about how to handle a lot of different situations at once, um, which funnily enough has come in handy here <laughs> at Black Ops. Um, before that, I was a rep for Coca-Cola. Um, I've done purchasing, a lot of estimating jobs um, and a lot of project admin work. So I guess um, supporting um, projects from start to finish, like doing FIFO, that kind of thing. Um, but to be honest with you, I can't really remember a life before Black Ops. Um, I start when I w- first started here. I started out in the tap room with Ali, doing a few days a week. Um, so some of our listeners might remember me from there. Um, and at the time, the tap room had seen a little bit of growth. So it, it was basically Ali just running the tap room by herself. So she needed a second person to come in and help her out, mainly on weekends, and that's where I started. Um, and then there was a need. Um, so were you working just two days a week for us and no one else, or? Yeah, so I started working here just um, two to three days a week um, casually, which was perfect because I just wanted to enjoy the beaches of the Gold Coast and just have a little bit of work that could just, I guess, cover my costs (laughs) while I was living here and I was going to go back to being um, a tour guide in Europe. So would I. That sounds fun. (laughs) It was pretty fun. It was actually a pretty tough decision to um, decide whether or not I was going to stay here or go back. Um, I, I definitely think I've made the right decision. That's good. Yeah. So I, I do check in with myself quite regularly to make sure I've made the right decision on that. Um, but yeah, absolutely love my job here. So, so did we, I can't remember exactly what happened. You did an opportunity come up in the office or we just like wanted extra help. Cause at the time we didn't really even have a chair force. It was kind of just me. Yeah. It was basically and the sales just guys. you. And also I guess Eddie was doing a lot of the deliveries as well. Yeah. Um, and I sort of said that I was, you know, thinking about 
going back in a few months time and you guys thought well we've got this sort of position that might be available and we talked about it and we thought we'd give it a go so then from I yeah I went from doing two to three days a week in the tap room to doing um five days like a few days during the week weekends in tap room so the few days during the week I started working in the office and helping out with I took a couple of things off your guys yeah. plates like um you eddie and govs and so things like ordering stock um doing accounts and helping out with a little bit of social media stuff so i took a little bit from each of you which started to create my role yeah what it is now and and what is it now so that it's been about a year since you've been doing what you're doing right now yeah full time yeah been with the company almost two years now but yeah full time as chair force manager for the last year um the roles developed a lot but um yeah so i guess talk about what is the chair force so chair force is our way of um saying the office but the office manager and office just sounds so boring and um everything we do is um definitely not boring (laughs) so i like it um We've got a team of four full-time employees. There's yourself, Dan. There's me. There's Bonnie who does all of our deliveries, admin, everything. Most of the She things. does everything that you did, I guess, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and nails it. Does it way better than I did. <laughs> uh, we've got Kirsty who does accounts and also events. And she also was working in the tap room. And she's done canning as well. So she's across all areas of the business too. Um, and we have Ant, who is our content writer, who comes in at least once, once uh, one day a week to do emails and blog posts and content like that. Yeah. Um, there was a while there where like, I think like 80% of our full-time staff were like people who started casual on the canning line or in the tap room. Absolutely. We had a lot of people that were, um, I guess, across two different areas too. And then you just sort of move. I think that's really really important with a small business as well because if you understand one part of the business it helps you understand the whole business as a whole a lot more for sure um and we have our own logo which is cool yes we have (laughs) our own logo we can link to that in the show notes yeah i'll put it up as the we should get a photo of you in front of the sign because we have our own sign oh that's a good idea anyway this is getting a bit (laughs) self-indulgent now (laughs) yeah Um, chair force (laughs) All right, so we've got a bunch of topics to talk about as sort of general overarching things that the chair force does and that you manage. The first one, and I guess the idea of this is if there's other breweries listening to this that are where we were at a year ago, yeah, um, this is what they have to look forward to. Yeah. Um, or if there's people who are at our size now, they'll be able to look at what we do and you know maybe there's things we do that they like, maybe there's other things that they've figured out that are better, but hopefully it'll be useful to those sort of groups of listeners. Yeah, I hope so. So, um, HR, how do we manage HR? HR, well, Dan, you can probably talk about HR in the early days before I came on board, Um, but I think that we got really, really lucky with a really good, I guess, OG crew that were just the best at what they do, like at their respective fields. Um, I think early on we probably had um, a lack of, I guess, as defined roles as what we have had have now yeah um so yeah like i had was doing tap room and and chair force stuff i was canning as well um we've got and i guess to this day we've still got people that are working across mixed roles but it can be a little bit difficult it's a bit Um, of a stepping stone i think like back then everyone was doing 50 different jobs and now it's more like there's lots of defined roles but 
if you're in a role that's across three different departments, it probably means that at some stage you're going to have a full-time role in one of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in something that really, really interests you. Yeah, yep. so HR used to be pretty disorganised. Like it was – like Raylo – we hired Raylo. He didn't get the job we recruited him for and he just didn't go away. So we eventually <laughs> was like, fine, just you got a job, fine, whatever. <laughs> and then he hired Ali. Yep. So that were the first two hires. Um, and we got a little bit more organised as time went on. But now we've, I guess we've got – we've had the support of Emma, our consultant as well. Um, but now I guess we're, we're pretty, pretty organised with HR. Yeah, I think we had no choice but to get really organized with HR. It was probably about a year ago. It was actually when Bonnie came on board. Um, we knew that we were really ramping up and we had to get our all our ducks in a row. We had to get contracts done um, because we knew that we were going to hire a whole bunch of people in a short amount of time. Um, it was when we'd also got our canning line as well. So we knew that we we're going to get canning crew. Deliveries were going up, so we we're getting drivers. Um, we were hiring for the admin position. So we knew that we were about to really step up our hiring game and we wanted to get, um, I guess, everything organised for that. So, yeah, we're really lucky that you brought on Emma, our HR consultant, to help us um, get all of that, like, lined up. Um so we got a new staff member process or a hiring process written. So how, how do we want to, from start to finish, identifying the need for a role right through to advertising, um, getting contracts organised, putting them in the system and then to their actual first day at work. Um, we talked a lot about um, contracts and we, got, we needed to get policies in place. So things like behaviour policies, expectations, social media policies, drug and alcohol policies, all that sort of stuff that if you've worked in a, I guess, a bigger company, you're probably very familiar with, yeah. but we didn't have any of that no, when we, we didn't first have, started. have any of it. And um, so I guess it's our job to, so Emma's been good in sort of telling us what the legal requirements are and whatnot and giving us templates for things. Um, she's helped us draft things, but for the most part, like you've done most of this work, like you've basically be the one to write most of these policies, manage the manual, put the induction together, even the hiring, recruiting people, even down to interviewing people, having a process for all of that. Um, is that something you've done before or? No. no? <laughs> <laughs> it was a really big learning curve for me. I asked Emma a lot of questions um, before I started. So I learned by seeing and just by someone telling me what to do. So um, and then I guess it just comes down to what's your end goal as well. So our end goal was just get really good people for the job. So how do you go about that but also do it in a legal way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I, I guess a compliant, like yeah. making sure everything's done in a way that's fair and, and everything. Yeah, exactly. And so um, we, I think a really good place to start is getting your contracts right. So we've got a few different um, templates for contracts. We've got one for full-time staff. We've got one for casual staff and then for senior staff. So they cover things like, um, probation period, which for us is a standard six months. Um, terms and conditions, so th things like um, the award wage that the position falls under, um, what hours of work it's going to be, what the wage is, what leave entitlements the employee has, what obligations do they have. So this refers to those policies that we talked about a second ago um, and working to your best of your ability and termination. So what happens when the employee's contract comes to an end? Yeah. And so we've also had to learn sort of 
like how do you how to use the Fair Work website to work out how much people are supposed to get paid and um, things down to the detail of like if you have taproom staff come in the work 30 minutes past seven o'clock, you know, what's that yeah. rate compared to if they work on a Saturday, all of that stuff and, and putting that in the contracts and having a process so that when people come in, they sign in, we know if someone's got the day off, changing their pay every week to reflect that. Like there's, there's quite a bit. Yeah, it is quite involved. And I think when you first start looking at it, you think, oh shit, this is a really daunting task to sort of get someone's wage right. But yeah, like you said, we use the Fair Work Australia which is a government website, um, which you can click through. It's really easy. It's a super helpful website. You click through and it, it tells you all of that. It'll tell you what that person's hourly rate will be if they're casual or full-time, um, what hours they're allowed to work. And like you said, yeah, after seven in the tap room um, during the week, it goes to a different rate. So then factoring that into their wage. Yeah, yep. overtime and, and overtime, all that stuff. Yep. Um, so we've got... I guess for all of our positions now, we have a position description. We've got like uh, interview questions. Um, we've put, so you've had to put all of that together for every job and, and it changes too. Like you say, your job a year ago is totally different to now. So they need to be updated. Yeah. So a position description really, I think you probably need to do that first. So our position descriptions, essentially this is our job ad. When we post that we're hiring for someone, we like to put the position description up because it, outlines your expectations and the responsibilities for the role um and it's a yeah we really you do really do need to keep this one updated because if someone's role slightly changes it's probably not going to change that much that you're going to require a new title or a new contract but you know as the business develops some things that you might have been doing or for example some things that I've been doing um I've now passed on to Kirsty and Bonnie for example so my position description changes a little bit yeah so you need to keep that updated because that sets the expectations for the employee yeah and then if it is a big enough change like we've like quite often we will have to be okay well this change is big enough that it does require a new title does require a new letter of offer potentially changes the pay and whatnot yeah absolutely yep if it's a big enough change um you will need to change the contract and the title so how um this is not a question that we talked about asking but I, I wonder if there's people listening that want to work at black ops how would they go about that because we get that question a lot yeah um turns out a lot of people want to work at a brewery <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and i guess we advertise when positions become available most of the time um we have had the occasional experience where um, people walk in the door and it's just been great timing and we've loved them and they've been the, the right person for yeah. the role. But we will advertise for our role um, and we generally do that on social media. We have used Seek in the past uh, when we're hiring for maybe roles that require a bit more experience, for example, a brewer or a sales rep, an experienced sales rep. Um, but we, yeah, so I guess if you want to work at Black Ops, we <laughs> um, your resume and yourself, you, well, yourself is your biggest asset because yeah. we hire for fitting in with our team, just being an awesome worker, being yeah. an awesome person. Yeah, and it, it's kind of a hard one to answer because like people will message on social media and say, oh, I really want to work there. It's like, well, that's cool. A lot of people want to work here. I don't really know what to say to you because like A, there's no jobs going. B, when there is, we get loads and loads of applicants. Yeah. And C, if you don't, if you haven't even made the effort to turn up here and introduce yourself and you don't know anyone here, then you're already 
miles behind everyone else. So yeah, exactly. And I you think you kind of can't say that to people though. <laughs> but that's that's how I feel. Yeah, and it depends on the role. So if we're and we're actually currently recruiting for tap room beer tenders and. I think for that kind of a role, you should come in and introduce yourself because we need people, uh, uh, people, uh, you know, when you say you're a people person, (laughs) we need people, 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 people (laughs) Um, in the tap room. And I think, yeah, coming in and introducing yourself for, you know, the right role um, goes a long way. Yeah. And it's not that hard to work out. Like if, like I always... I always get antsy about this kind of stuff because, like, when I had to get my first job, I hustled my fucking ass off. Yeah. Took me about a year to get it. But these days you kind of get a message, I want to work there. I'm like, well, just make some effort. Yeah. It's not that hard to work out where the tap room manager will be at a time, what time we're not going to be crazy busy. Like, don't rock up at six o'clock and on a Friday and hand your resume and expect to have a long conversation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, so yeah, Raylo and Cuz did that same thing didn't they they just kept knocking at the door until they got a job yeah yeah Raylo didn't go away and <laughs> he hasn't so he probably should have a day off have a day off Raylo if you're listening no he gave me shit about the intro music so you don't get a day off Raylo. <laughs> Asshole. having said that though we don't want 1,000 people coming in um, <laughs> yeah, expecting right. to talk to us because <laughs> we do still have work to do <laughs> yeah Ali's gonna be listening to this going oh god don't do this. yeah <laughs> All right, so HR, that's that's probably enough on that topic. Um, quite a lot of work goes into that and being organised is, is pretty important Just even just to do the right thing by your staff but for, for legal reasons. And it's also just clarity for everyone. I always think it's important, even for us founders, like it was important for us to be like, well, what are our roles? Like what are we going to do? If something goes wrong in this area, who's responsible for that? Yeah, and I think it took you guys a little bit of time to then actually have defined roles, didn't you? Because it got to a point where you were like, "Oh, we've got people reporting to multiple founders," and it just we, there was there did, we didn't have those clear lines of communication. So we actually rolled out an org structure, an org chart, um, which had some defined roles for you guys as well. Yeah, I think that helps a lot, and and maybe I'm a bit old school thinking that people need that kind of structure, but I just think it's nice to know where you sit in terms of like if you have something you know exactly the one person to talk to before it was like you say if Rayla had something to do with sales he'd, he'd talk to me about it talk to Eddie about it talk to Govs about it get a different answer from each person and then not really know what to do yeah and if you're not on the same page for, for whatever reason maybe you guys haven't had a chat recently you might be giving different answers and it, it's not helpful yeah all right so let's move on to marketing so you mentioned at the start um you were helping out with a bit of social media yeah, so um, we do in the chair force, we do our best with um, marketing and social media posts. Um, our social media, I'm sure it's the same for all brewery or all small businesses. It's it's a bit of a beast. It can be a lot to get a handle on. Um, but we will do posts of, for example, upcoming beers. Um, um, we try and promote other venues as well um and our tap room as well that's that's a big part of it yeah we got heaps heaps and every every time we have a new beer coming out it'll go on there and that's at the moment about two times a week i'm just looking at it now so we've done 2200 posts on instagram that's that would be since five years ago when we very first started but we're posting we post once or twice a day on instagram and we're posting the ambassador group regularly once or twice on facebook um it's yeah it's pr- and then and then there's comments and replies to everyone so yeah we get a lot of messages as well people asking questions about the tap room so are you dog friendly um do you have like other options other than beer what time are you open what food trucks are on so it's just responding to people that have a question 
Yeah. So and so the social media at Black Ops now is basically you, me, and Ali. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the stuff is about the tap room, but if it's if it is Ali, will do it. If it's not, it'll it'll be you and me doing it. Yep. Yep. Um, and and what else for marketing? So we do a lot of emails as well, um, sales emails to our hot like our um, venues that we supply beer to. We send out a regular email to them, which we do in the chair force and we also send out regular emails to people that have visited black ops tap rooms in the last couple of months and keep them up to date with everything black ops related as well yeah so so we don't so i guess like people may not realize but we don't have any marketing people really we've got ant who does one day a week in writing um and we've got you and me but it's a small part of a big job. Yeah, this is something else that I've had to learn how to do as well. So you taught me, Dan, how to use Photoshop, Adobe Illustrator and InDesign. Super basic, <laughs> but most of the posters that you see that are designed, um, like if, for example, you are in the Black Ops 2 tap room and you see on the tables there's a poster that says what's what food trucks and what's going on this week at Black Ops 2. I designed those. Um, but before I started, I I wouldn't have known how to use Photoshop. So we've just had to learn and make do with what we've got. <laughs> yeah, so we have a couple of designers we use that we outsource to. We've got about four or five different designers, but for the most part, we'll use... We'll ask them for a template and then we'll just reuse it in-house so we can do it really quickly. Yeah, I think that's been a bit of a um, game changer, asking for a template and then because then it's, it provides something that's consistent style and we can just update it based on updated information. Yeah, um, and there's, you've done a bit of video stuff as well. Yeah, so a lot of the photos and videos um, that are on the, our social media and that we use, um, well, we, we have also hired some awesome photographers. Did you skew? They do a lot of our mm. like actual legit photos. Um, but yeah, like you said, we've got about two beers coming out per week. So that's a little bit more tricky to organise, um, getting beers to the photographer to get actual studio shots. Yeah, so and the price we, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we try and do some of those smaller ones um, in-house, so try and do that. And, yeah, small videos, it's a bit of a – just a small – I'm super amateur, but a little hobby <laughs> of mine. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of the, the amateur videos on our social media, they're probably me. <laughs> well, most of them – we did one with Desert Island Media for the crowdfunding, which is awesome. Those guys are legends. But it's like it's quite a lot of work to um, put together a video yeah so yeah i'm keen to do more of it but it's like like all this stuff like i think after listening to this people will realize we're pretty under-resourced in a lot of these areas yeah that's the thing so having someone dedicated to marketing we absolutely we have a whole full-time role there that could be filled um but we just don't have the resources to put someone on so between you ali myself and we and our outsourced designers we just make it work yeah um and all the design for all the packaging and things as well for the most part we do in-house um yeah that's you dan yeah i i basically just tweak one one design because that's all i can do <laughs> and everything we do we always send it to each other to proof because if you're um you can be so focused on a design that you might not see that you spelled a word wrong or it could be the tiniest little i don't thing. think i've ever done that are you sure <laughs> does is, is reconvene hyphenated or not hyphenated it's debatable <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a good idea and that's a good point. And sometimes if you don't do it with one person, I found like I used to just chuck it in the group, like the general uh, channel um, and just see like, oh, does anyone find any problems with these? And because People, everyone's in there, no yeah. one, it's no one's job to no actually No one feels find responsible anything. for it. So, yeah, it's that group mentality. Yeah. <laughs> um, go, yeah, that looks good. 
Yeah. So we'll we'll get to some of the um, we've mentioned a few apps and things we use already, but we'll get to that right at the end because there's a big long list of those as well. <laughs> um, but let's move on to sales because I'd, I'd would you say sales is the biggest part of the chairforce's job or, or your job? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's a huge part of our job, huge part of Bonnie's job as well. Um, we have. Um, we're, we're trying to make do with what we've got again being um with limited resources and limited amount of staff but yeah sales and s- supporting our sales reps and our roadies is a huge part of our role um, so, so how does the sales structure work so we have three sales reps so we've got um Raylo, Nile, and pat and they take care of from a couple hours south of our brewery to a couple hours north of our brewery. Um, and then we've got a key account manager, Kernsey, who takes care of um, our well, key accounts, so larger wholesale distributors, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's a ro- we have a roadie called Jess who is maintaining bottle shops. And then there's myself and Bonnie again. Um, and our reps focus on our what we call on-premise venues, which are like your bars, your restaurants, uh, pubs, sports clubs, and then we've got retail, which is all your bottle shops. So we try when we first, well, a couple of years ago, or a year ago even, we had our reps just doing everything. They were taking care of bottle shops, on-premise venues. They were taking care of events, a lot of beer delivering everything. a lot of beer, um, doing a lot of admin work um, with our sales CRM. And they had a huge, huge, huge list of things to do. And we just thought that's not really the best use of our reps time so we decided to split the split up reps um taking care of on-premise venues and roadies doing retail work and it seems to be going well so far yep so so what what does the process look like now if i'm if i'm opening a bar in burley what what's going to happen from a black ops point of view one of our reps will come and knock on your door hopefully as you've just pulled out the hammer (laughs) to start opening um and it's all about relationship building, I think, um, and us being local to a bar in Burley, for example. Um, if craft beer is something that they want to do, then um, you know, getting someone local would be amazing. And we just try and we, we do try and I guess play on that, or well, not play on that, but um, that's something that we've got to our advantage yeah. is being local and having fresh beer. So we'll um, give them some samples and the rep will be in there, and I guess when it comes time to making a decision, hopefully we'll be considered. Yeah. In that. Exactly. Um, and then what happens when they want to order beer? So when they want to order beer, they've got a few options. Um, they can come through the chair force and place an order. And then with that order, we put it into our sales say CRM, which is called Pipe Drive. We'll probably cover that in a little bit more detail Yeah, the later. detail of it later, but just the general process. Like, um, So yeah, order comes in. They can either email the office or ring the office or text the office yep. um, or just order from the rep. Yeah, and then goes into pipe drive. Yeah, goes into pipe drive, and then we, with that order, we put it into our delivery management software, which then talks to our accounting software to send the customer an invoice, um, and we also create a run sheet of all of the deliveries that are going out on a particular day, and then that goes to Eddie and his team to get delivered. Yeah, and then once they're a customer, assuming they're a bar with like beer on tap, then they're they're just part of that rep's territory, so they'll be called on once in a while and, and I guess encouraged to reorder. They'll go into our email lists and everything else. Yeah, so once you become a customer, you'll go onto our yeah venue email list and get all of the updates from Black Ops. And what about supporting the reps? What, what kind of stuff does the Chair Force do to support the reps? 
The reps list of things to do is super, super long. So we try and support them as much as possible. Um, things, anything that requires a little bit of administration. So I guess at the beginning of the week, I will see what kegs we've got available, for example, and send them a list um, in a text format that they can copy and paste and then that's their I guess that's the kegs that they're allowed to sell they use that to let let their customers know what we've got um any yeah anything that's admin based so updating products in pipe drive our sales crm um price lists um designing brochures um oh what else activations is a big one too yeah so doing um posters and core flutes and um bar mats and yep true yep any point of sale branded um, things that yeah you might want we can design that and order that in the chair force and let the reps know when when they're in yep oh events is another one too i don't know if we do we have that here's a separate thing no probably not but that's another thing is if um the reps have like an event in their area the chair force sort of helps them manage that as well yeah helps them get organized there's a lot of work that goes into the lead up of events so and kirsty's just taken that on to help help um help our reps organize and then the reps are able to we, we we try not to get the reps to work it if that's possible because it's really it's, these events are a really good networking opportunity rather than just pouring beers um but yeah they they often like to be there yeah yeah um and on the retail side so the the chair force i guess manages the overall bottle shops and you have jess on the road going to these bottle shops how do we, how do we manage all of that this is all managed within Pipe Drive. So we set um, site visits for each bottle shop customer. We like to hit every customer. We have a target of hitting every customer, every bottle shop customer once a month. Um, we're not there yet, but we're getting closer and closer to that figure as the weeks go by. Um, so we have a recurring site visit attached to each customer in our Pipe Drive CRM, which when that comes up, I'll schedule Jess's week at the be- on a Monday and because she, Jess also works in the tap room, so she's roadieing for us Wednesday to Friday at the moment. So I'll schedule her week on a Monday so she knows where she's going and she can plan that out. And um, so I guess the, the difference there is the reps schedule their own week and their own visits and with the roadies for the bottle shops, we the chair force manages and plans that out. Yeah, correct. Them. And then we also plan out any tastings that – might be coming up as well and then work that into the roadies day so for example they've got a tasting in north brisbane we make all of the site visits for the rest of that day in north brisbane yeah and we do a monthly limited release which is is um something that's been a fucking lot of work but we're still (laughs) we're still doing we're committed to doing it for the whole year so we're about halfway through now i asked dan yesterday i was like dan do you think we're gonna do these monthly limited releases every month next year (laughs) Um, because, yeah, they are a lot of work. Um, I think m- when most breweries, I assume, when most breweries have a new beer launch, there is a lot of work that goes into them. Um, you need to organise and design labels, boxes, any any packaging with that brand on it. You need to organise photos. There's a lot of um, text that needs to be written, so social media posts need to be planned about it. Um, it needs to go online to the website. There are so many things and as soon as one's over, I feel like we start planning the next one again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of work. I remember when we first did them, we'd get a proper professional photo and we'd have like a few weeks to organise it and it, it all felt 
a little bit more organized, but we were only <laughs> doing like once a quarter or something like that. Yeah. Doing it once a month, you almost need like a person here full time looking after limited releases. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's we, fun though. Yeah, it is fun. And I think it's a, it's a big part of what makes Black Ops different too. So we can't just switch it off and think everything will be fine because it's sort of like in our DNA to brew shit loads of different beers. Yeah, we just brewed our 100th beer and I think since then we've already done 12. Yeah, right. That's good. <laughs> um, we better mention reporting. Otherwise, oh, Bon- yeah. Bonnie's going to listen to this and wonder what we've been talking about this whole time. <laughs> yeah, reporting is... Um, so it's... <laughs> It's a, it's a bit of a beast. Um, I wish that we had this one magic program that just tracked everything that we need to track. So we track revenue that the reps have, have um, I guess, pulled in for the last week and the last month. Um, we track how many site visits they've been doing to their customers. We track new business that they've, they've um, t- brought on board among so, so, so many other things. Um, Pipedrive is amazing in that we can pull all of this data from Pipedrive, but it is a manual process to get that. Um, So we also, yeah, so Bonnie spends a lot of time each week and each month putting together a weekly and monthly sales report that highlights all of this stuff. Yep, and this is uh, manually getting the data out of Pipedrive, putting it into a Google spreadsheet that we've created that has charts in it and then generating PDF. So it's not pressing a button to generate a report in pipe drive. It's just getting the info and putting it into another place. So we've got all the, all the data <laughs> in the one spot. Yeah. Sounds, very time- sounds, like a, sounds like a terrible idea, but it's, it's a nice report that's really useful. And you guys really use that, don't you, founders, um, to see how, how the business is going as well. Yeah. Well, it's too hard for us to log in all the time into pipe drive into the various places like some of this information is not in a report it's in a filter and there's just like 50 different places you get this info from some might come in from zero um bonnie also does like social media reports and tap room report and a founder's report and so this data is coming from all over the place multiple different places and for, for some of the things for example we also work out how much beer we've sold versus how much beer we've packaged in a week and a month and so for that exact figure we're getting data from two different places doing a calculation to then work out the percentage and put that percentage in the report so um, it's all really really useful data but it is it is time consuming yeah all right so let's move on to distribution so um this is probably the second biggest part of your job. Every, all of these are big things, but <laughs> uh, distribution is huge because uh, like we've got a bunch of drivers, a bunch of cars, and, and we're, we're doing hundreds of orders a week. Yep. So Bonnie is the queen of distribution at Black Ops, so I can only tell you what she does really. Um, at the moment, we're delivering um, three days a week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, from like I, yeah, a couple hours south to a couple hours north of the brewery. Um, and Bonnie will take all of the orders that we've put into Pipedrive um, and manually put them over into our distribution software. So I guess there is the potential for human error there um, because that's a that's a double up of the data that's been put in, but it, it it's, doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and we are working towards getting one system that does these things, which we'll talk about at the end. Yeah, um, and so Bonnie will actually spend a fair bit of time organizing all of the orders into different delivery vans because on any one day we could have a hundred orders going out across three or four different vans and that is a major job to work out 
you know, our vans can only take a certain amount of weight of beer. So working out what is going on each van, where it's going, how many stops they're going to do, just organizing all of that. Um, so she'll do that. She'll also work with Eddie, who is our operations manager and create those runs and organize a run sheet depending on what orders have been put into pipe drive, create a picking list as well. So our delivery drivers can go and just grab that one sheet and it tells you how many cartons of pale ale, how many kegs of send it do you need to load your van for your run today. Yeah, and and also managing, I guess, when they actually go onto the road, things might not go right and so they're ringing Eddie or they're ringing Bonnie to, you know, something didn't get delivered so something needs to be tweaked, someone else needs to deliver something else and it's it's like a constant thing. Yeah, absolutely. And we have customers that might have um, delivery timeframes or maybe something didn't get picked from the cold room and they're cutting short and how do we fix those things as soon as possible? Yeah, so we've got our own drivers who do locally and then outside of that, how does the beer get out? Yeah, we do most of our deliveries ourselves. We do have a few distributors um, and a few warehouse. So we use ALM and we're also in LSB and interstate we send it via Paramount. Yeah, and we've also just started sending beer to the uh, Woolies DC for BWS and Dan's as well. So we've got some some direct to store and some going to the DC, which complicates things even more. It is complicated, yeah. (laughs) Um, So... Let's move on to software because we've talked about a lot of these different areas. This, and by the way, for people listening, this isn't by no means Leah's whole job. This, this is like a small scratch in the surface. <laughs> so, um, I th- but I think that's enough because people are going to get freaked out if we talk about it anymore. But, <laughs> but yeah. if you have any questions about anything behind the scenes, I can definitely help you. Yeah, asking our ambassador group, um, Leah's in there and I'm in there and, and any questions you can ask in there. But let's, let's talk about software because um, none of this would be possible without different software. And I think we've, we've changed a lot of this but um, mm, yep. and we're still we're still working on getting this right. And as you grow bigger, your needs change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just trying to think when you st- when you start. I'm looking at this list of software. Like we, we didn't really have a brewery so- software. No, at all. not at all. So when we first started, actually, Eddie was handwriting his pick lists for delivery. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> and. I was mortified. <laughs> so he would just, yeah, ha- look at the orders in pipe drive. But it's a reflection of how many orders we had at that time compared to now. There is no way we could do it handwritten now. Yeah. Um, but so very quickly um, we decided to, well, turned it into a spreadsheet and then very quickly we used an actual software program. So, yeah, like you said, you've got to grow with, well, your, your programs grow with you. Yeah. All right. So let's go through them. What, what software does Black Ops use? Um, well, let's start with Slack. It's a communication tool um, that allows – you can have a couple of different users. So you've got single-channel users, which all of our casual staff are single-channel users, and they go into a channel called announcements, and there's lots and lots of channels. Um, we have one for sales, for team meetings, um, oh, what else, distribution. Like there's channels for everything, yeah. production, packaging, channels for everything um so we have an announcements channel so all of our casual staff go into that um and any black ops announcements kind of like a memo board where any announcements that we need to make can go to all of our employees um it's a really really good communication tool you can also direct message people too so you don't have to use the channels um i love it yeah so slack is basically our replacement for email and messaging so our staff, like anyone who's emailing outside of Black Ops will have an email address, but no one else at Black Ops has an email address. Yeah. Um, and so we started using it. 
when me and Eddie guys were doing the homebrew, we were using WhatsApp and I was using Slack in my other company and I'm like, let's, let's use Slack. And so from that day on, we've got this entire archive of like four years worth of conversations, which were very inappropriate at the start, but just don't <laughs> scroll back too far. But they're much more grown up now. Um, <laughs> but it's awesome because it, it, it's, they have a free version, which basically you can do anything except for searching. So um, it, we didn't pay for like three years and we had this amazing tool. Um, and now we pay for it because we can search back through the archives for anything we want. Yeah, which is really handy. Yeah, and, and the other thing that I think is like, if you don't have like a messaging tool for your business, these days, that's, that's how people communi- communicate. So people are just going to be messaging each other anyway. And it's like, do you organize that with some structure around it or do you just pretend it doesn't happen and everyone's just going to be using Facebook Messenger and going on Facebook and whatnot. So. Yeah, and then it's it can, it's disorganised. So we try and keep everything in Slack because then that's your one pl- source of truth to go to. Yeah, it can be cool too because you can, you can set like a limit on Slack. If you've got it on your phone and your computer, you can say, okay, after 7 o'clock every day, I don't want my notifications to go off. Yeah. But people can still message you and then the next day you'll see them, which is a cool benefit. Sometimes you're not working at 10 o'clock at night, you don't want to message someone. <laughs> we also use it for meeting agenda items as well, which is a cool feature. Uh, we just create a channel for a meeting. So, for example, Dan and I, we meet every week and we can pin items to that channel. So, throughout the week, if we think of something, if I go, oh, I need to talk to Dan about that, I'll put it in that channel and pin it. And then when we sit down and meet, we can go through these pinned items and unpin them as we talk about them. Yeah, sweet. So love Slack. It can get a bit overwhelming at times. <laughs> Slack attack. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it can get a bit weird when you're sitting in the office and you're like having a conversation with someone on Slack and you can hear the notifications going off and they're <laughs> sitting next to you and you could actually just talk to them. <laughs> right, Who does that? <laughs> Kirsty does it all the time. She's done it just before and you do it as well. <laughs> All right, what's next? Pipe drive? Pipe drive, yeah. Wow, what a beast pipe drive is. So um, Kernsey actually worked really, really hard on setting up pipe drive to, I guess, customize it into what what works for us. I think if, if someone was to get pipe drive in its just OG state, it would look completely different to how we use it, which is really cool feature. You can customize it to whatever you want basically um we use it has these things called pipelines and we basically use pipelines and well the whole of pipe drive to track orders so our reps use this to maintain all of their customer details um, any notes on any of their site visits any orders that they want to place all goes into pipe drive so this is how we track our revenue and our all of our data um, we use pipelines that have days of the week in it, for example, Monday, Monday through to Friday. Um, and they, they, we put the orders into that pipeline of what's going out for delivery in that week. Yeah. I think the way we use that pipeline thing is actually a little bit unusual because yeah. I, I think it's, it's more designed for like, okay, if someone rings you up, you put them in as a lead and that's like a, you know, a warm lead and then eventually you have a meeting with them and then that's get a hotter lead and then you Move convert it over. them. Yep. Yeah, that's sort of what it's designed for. But we we don't really use it for pre-sales. We use it for orders. Yep. yep. And, it's, and it's really good for that. Yeah, it's great. Um, and we've, I'd, I'd say we've, we've also built a couple of things off it. Like we've built the beer finder and some scripts because it's got an API that we can get a developer to code some things for. So it's really customizable. Um, and there's a phone app as well, which is pretty handy. Yeah, the reps love the phone app. Um, super simple to use. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that our beer finder pulls all of the data directly from PipeDrive. 
Yeah, and we, we've sort of created our own rules. Like it doesn't just rip the data out and put it there. We're, we're saying like, you know, if, if this person's had this keg for a certain amount of time, we can assume it's on tap and therefore listed in the beer finder, that kind of stuff, which is quite cool. CRMs are pretty hard because um, all, they've all got their pros and cons. But yeah. like you said, with pipe drive, we can configure it to a point where we've got so much data in there that it, it becomes really, really useful. Yeah, I, it would be really hard for us to move on from pipe drive, I think. Um, what else? So we use... Um, Black Hops email addresses, but um, to get that, we use G Suite. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I just love Google and G, G Suite is is basically just Gmail for companies. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's really, really easy to manage. We can just create an email address straight away, um, use Gmail and everything. Apps work flawlessly on everything. Um, and it's like five bucks a user, so it's a no-brainer. Um, and Google Docs and Google Drive we use for basically everything. Oh, Wow. Life before Google Drive and Google Docs. What was that? <laughs> um, yeah, live update. If, you, if you're not familiar with Google Drive and Google Docs, there is no save button. You just, you can live edit a document. And for example, Dan and I could be working on the same document at the same time and both of our edits are live. Yeah, and you can actually, it's kind of creepy. You can see that what the person's <laughs> typing. Um, and also you can allow access access you can give different users different levels of access so if you want to see something in a shared file that you well, in a file and you don't want to share that file with it, everyone else you can you can make that happen yeah so if we're doing like a design project we can write out a brief in google docs work on it together share that with the designer even set the designer up as a one channel access into slack which we do with our developer and have with our designers from time to time um, to communicate for the life of that project and then turn that off later and, and really doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, yeah. And it's also easily accessible. So you can be out of the office on the road or whatever and jump on your phone and have access to all of the information that you would have if, as if you were sitting at your office. Yeah, it feels weird when people send you docs that aren't in Google Docs mm. these days because it's like, wait, if I change this, you're not, you're not even going to know it's changed and I have to email it back to you. That's really silly. So weird. <laughs> All right, so WordPress for the website. Oh, this is definitely your domain, Dan. Well, you guys use it now too, so. Yeah, we use WordPress for all of the online orders. Again, Bonnie, this is her job. Um, all of the online orders that come through via WordPress, Bonnie will sort those out. Um, we do blog posts. Um, yep, so blog posts, podcasts, uh, basically any page with forms we use it for as well. Mm, yep. So anytime we've got a form, we can build that in the website. And anytime we put up a post, we can do that in the website. Um, the online sales are really good. We use WooCommerce and we've set up some integrations where if you buy something from us, it you know puts your email list on our MailChimp list and whatnot. So that's pretty useful. And again, basically free. Yeah. Well, MailChimp is probably a good one to talk about too. So we have a whole swag of lists of email addresses that we send um, suitable information to. So we don't want to have all of our email addresses getting all of the Black Ops information. They'd probably, it's irrelevant for some people. Um, so we have like, for example, a list of limited release customers that get our limited releases. We have a tap room venue list, um, sorry, tap room list and also just a general Black Ops list. Also investors as well, they've got their own list. Yeah, and, and even just people who have subscribed on the website because they want to hear blog posts and content and whatnot. So there's a there's a big list of people who just are kind of interested in what we're doing. Um, I will say about MailChimp is um, a, a better way to manage lists is to basically have 
your list and have tags for managing what people get and what they don't get, which we don't do. Um, we could do. It's just a, it's a fair bit of extra work and we're sort of getting to the point now where we probably should. But at the moment, we've got multiple lists, for which works perfectly well. It just means that your subscriber count can go up a little bit and might have to pay a little bit more. But MailChimp's so cheap, it's, it's sort of it's barely worth the effort until you get a massive list to really make it work perfectly with tags and whatnot. Um, beer 30? Beer 30, yeah. <laughs> that's been really, really cool. Um, so Beer 30 is our production software that Govs and the Brewers use mostly. Um, and we're working with the guys um, in America that own Beer 30 to... Um, do our inventory and all of our distribution. So for that, we're currently using another program, Ecos, but we're very, very soon going to be switching over to using Beer 30 for the entire brewing process from ordering grain and ordering all of our ingredients to tracking inventory to then sending it out to the customer. Yeah, and invoicing and all of that as yep. well, which is, which is going to replace Ecos. Um, and they've been great in customizing a lot of that, but it does take time. Like it's it's sort of taken a few months and we still can't quite use it for everything we want to use it for. Yeah, not yet. Um, and Ecos, we, we tried that multiple times and... Just a bit of a failure really a failure. for us. Um, I've heard it working at other breweries, which is really cool. And for a while there we thought, are we doing something wrong because it's just not working for us? Um, but in the end, we just decided to move on from it. We... Did, however, realize it's got a really cool delivery function where you can chop and change orders onto different delivery vans. So if you do have those 100 orders going out on a day, you can you can change orders very easily, see what the weight of the delivery van is going to be. Um, so that feature is really cool. So we're still using it for that at the moment. So we use Zero for our accounting software, um, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah Zero is awesome. Yeah. Um, and we, I guess we have Bean Ninjas to help with our bookkeeping and we've got accountants that help with accounting, but Kirsty still does a lot of the day-to-day bookkeeping in the office. Yeah. And also, um, Kirsty is also learning more and more so that we're doing more of the bookkeeping style sort of stuff in-house as well. Um, and some reports in-house. Yeah. And managing all that's a, a fair bit of work too. Like again, before we didn't have a process for anything, people would just spend money on something and it would turn up in zero and that'd be it. But now we've got a little bit more process around that yeah when we've got all different departments that need things to run um you know govs might need something to brew a beer or lee might need something to get packaging done and we've all got work cards it can be it it can be a little bit manic um but yeah we do have a little bit more of a process everything has to be accounted for with a receipt um and yeah it gets reconciled to the right account yeah and kirsty gets up here if you don't do it properly (laughs) Um, and what about in the tap room? What do we use there? So at HQ, our brewery in Burley, we use Counter with a K, K-O-U-N-T-A. Um, that's our point of sale system. And we chose that because it has a rewards program. Um, so if you're a member at Black Ops, we can pop your name in and um, it, it keeps all of your details in there. At Black Ops 2 in Bigger Waters, we use Square, which is probably what we'll change to across the board at some point um but it doesn't currently have a rewards program yeah but it's just kind of better isn't it it's just easier and faster and much better which is why we want to change over to it it's faster it's easier to use you can do more um so we like we do new beers all the time and if 
on counter, you have to be at a computer to add new products. Whereas in Square, you can do that on your iPad yeah. at the till. There's no front end, back end. It's just open up Square, add a product and it's just there. Yep. Super, super easy, user friendly. Whereas counter is a little bit like counterintuitive. <laughs> oh, nice one. <laughs> Sorry, counter, if you're listening to this. Um, it, it counter is actually super powerful too. So um, I think for us, we have like a pretty basic need for just sell people beers um, and that's about it. But there's so many add-ons and things that go into counter. I can see why people use it for something a bit more complicated. That's true. And I can see it working really, really well in the restaurant industry where you might need orders to be changed or some alterations. It's so good for that. Yeah, lots of plugins. And that's really the only... So Square has a membership system overseas, but their Australian version doesn't have one. And the membership program that's in Counter is just like an add-on that, that works really well. We use... Um, it's Collect Rewards for that. Yeah, I think they just changed names though. Oh, do you remember the new name? No. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bonnie will. Sorry, Bonnie, if you're listening. <laughs> Bonnie knows everything. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? We got Adobe we mentioned. Um, so you use Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign. I use Audition for this um, podcast, but that's all part of the Adobe subscription. Anything else to say about that one? No. You Difficult to use. Yeah. But once you know, you know. How to use it. Yeah. Photoshop, especially when I first learned that, I'm like, this just makes no sense. Yeah. It's just confusing. Yeah. If I didn't have you to teach me what to do, I would have liked to have done a course on yeah. how to use it because it's it's not obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, so it's powerful and it's good to, good to be able to use the same tools that the designers use because basically anytime we get something designed, we can say, make sure you send us the AI files or the PSD files and then they're ours. Yeah. Because if we want to make small tweaks we can just do them in two seconds rather than sending that tweak off to our designer, waiting for them to have the time to do it and then send it back. Yeah, it's not cheap either. I think it's like 70 bucks a month per user or something like that. I don't know, I'm on your user. <laughs> no, you, well, you, not quite. We do pay for a couple. But yeah, it's, it's not cheap. Like if, if, you, if you're a really small business, like 70 bucks a month to us isn't a huge amount of money. But if you're a really small business, it's a fair bit of money. Um, and we've got Deputy on here as well, which I know nothing about. But. Yeah, so Deputy, we started using it as a trial to because when we when we when we started running two tap rooms, we needed to know where our staff were going to be. When we had one tap room, it was pretty simple. Um, but Deputy has been really good in that we can run two tap rooms. Um, we can also schedule on um, our packaging staff as well, and it syncs with zero, so you can allocate codes to different shifts and different times and then you can upload a paint that at the end of the week once everyone has clocked in and clocked out of deputy and they can do that on their phone as well um, we can download that file and upload it into zero and all that data is there not not necessary i don't think if you only have a handful of staff but if you've got you know we've we're paying 20 to 30 people a week mm. so super handy yeah, and, and pay is done through zero as well, isn't it? We use like zero payroll for that. Yeah, correct. Zero payroll. Um, another thing I'll mention in here is I use an app called Zapier, which uh, basically enables you to connect one system to another. So if everyone's wondering how like all this information gets into, you know, like emails, for example, if we're collecting emails in Pipedrive and you've got, got customers in zero or you've got people signing up on the website, we use Zapier to pull them in for all those places and, and put them together with MailChimp and you can use Zapier to do all kinds of shit. Like if we get a uh, form filled in on the website, we can use Zapier to send us a message on Slack to let us know the form's been filled in, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a really cool tool as well. 
Um, all right, so that's all I had on here. We had a c- couple of questions from our group. Hopefully you didn't see them. Did you see them? No, I didn't. See. How okay. did I miss these? <laughs> I just put it in just before so you wouldn't see it. Oh, wow. So they've only been Sneaky. up there for an hour. So thank you guys for <laughs> putting in some responses to these, but I didn't want Leah to see them. So, <laughs> All right, so the first question is from Alicia Andre. It's Hi, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> it says, how did you get... It's actually quite a few questions. The first one is, how did you get so awesome? <laughs> <laughs> it's by working in the tap room with you. <laughs> oh, good answer. Um, did you ever think you would be running a brewery behind the scenes um, when you applied for a casual taproom position or see yourself growing with this place as much as you have? Absolutely not. So when I first, uh, when we first started this podcast episode, I said that I only wanted to work a few days a week um, and it has grown into so much more and I just could not imagine doing anything else. I love it so much. Well, that's good to hear. You <laughs> had to say that I'm sitting right in front of you. Um, Mark Chislett, who without fail always asks a question. When I this, he was in here yesterday, I think. I saw on his oh. Facebook. Um, it says, what's your favourite Black Ops beer that isn't Chair Force One? Uh, how did you know? <laughs> um, Code Red. I'm a sucker for a good red IPA. That's fair, but you've got your own beer coming out. Oh, I do, but I, it, it's not out yet, so I don't know if it's my favourite beer. Yep, True. Uh, it's probably going to come out oh, in a week or two. Yep, super excited. Can we talk about it yet? Yeah, it's a passion fruit brute called, am I allowed to say? <laughs> yeah, you can say it. It's called Bubbles Passion Brute. Super cool. excited. So it's going to be really, really dry, super, super dry and loaded up with fresh passion fruit. Yeah, it's an interesting beer. I think they're, they're messing around with different like champagne yeast and figuring out how to get the passion fruit flavor. And we haven't, I don't think we've even really done a brute. I think we might have done one. Yeah, we did Brutus, but yeah. uh, Govzy said it wasn't like a, a super true Brut. Yeah. Um, and this one uses champagne yeast as well as normal ale yeast. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting beer for a very interesting staff member. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and what is bubble, where does Bubbles come from? Uh, <laughs> bubbles <laughs> is the name of my drunk alter ego. <laughs> I didn't think you'd answer that one. <laughs> we advoc- advocate responsible drinking on the Black Ops podcast. It's the second time you've had to I say know, that. I'm going to say it every time because I know someone's going to listen to it and get up us. And, and it's true. Can you let me know what your drunk alter ego is though? I'm just exactly the same all the time. So I'm pretty <laughs> level-headed and no need for a separate name. Um, Sean Stubbley says, when you identify a new process, what are the key factors for Black Ops in determining whether it should be done in-house or outsourced? At what point do you keep adding employees versus um, engaging a web of specialists? And to be fair, we we do do both. Yeah, we do both. Um, I think the o like the the big picture is um, you have to work with what resources you've got. So we've covered a lot of different ground here today, and ideally, we would love to get someone who specialises in each of those things to be here, but we we just can't. It's it's a it's a cost thing. Yeah. So we do as much of it as we can in-house. But then I think we also have to decide um, what's worth our time and am I going to struggle for three hours just to try and get something done or, or three weeks, depending on what the project is, um, just to try and get it done or do we just pay someone else to do it that yeah. is going to nail it and do it way, way, way quicker than I am. Yeah, that's I was going to say. So, sometimes the, the speed is a factor too. Like you might have the reverse situation where – um, like someone said the other day about uh, editing the audio, I do it all myself, not because we couldn't afford to pay someone, but because I can just do it whenever I want to do it and then it's just done and I like to be able to publish it straight away. So like with some of this stuff, if we need it quickly, like um, like, uh, like I say, the, say the weekly taproom branding that we do for the food truck and whatnot, if we 
like like we find out on the Tuesday what it's going to be, and we, we want it in the tap room on the Wednesday. So there's kind of no option but to do it ourselves. Yeah, I think you're we're, we Black Ops is so lucky to have you Dan on board that you know these programs as well, and you're able to do tweaks and edits and you design all of our labels as well um, from a template and, and change things and we're so lucky that we're able to do that Thanks, in-house. Leah. You're very nice. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, alrighty, Dave Croft, is there actually a chair called, I love this idea by the way, is, <laughs> is there actually a chair called Chair Force One and how do you all fight over who gets to sit in it? Oh my gosh, how did we not think of this? I don't know. I've put a send it sticker on the back of my chair so I know which one it is when I come in because we have <laughs> like um, kind of hot desks. We can sort of chop and change. Um, but no, how do we get one? I don't know, but we need one. This is up there with the idea for Govs's, um like wizard outfit. Oh, Harry Potter wizard yes. outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we need that and we need a chair force one chair. And obviously I will sit on it. But. No, obviously <laughs> I will. I'm a chair force manager. <laughs> All right, Amph says. Uh, oh, so so we also share the office with Amph and Meryl from Bean Ninjas. Um, Amph says, "What are the three biggest lessons you've learned about managing the operation of a successful brewery that you didn't know when you joined the team?" Wow, that's the kind of question I probably should have asked you in advance. Totally should have. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Um, hey, Amph. Um, so I think the biggest one for me is um, maybe more of like a personal thing. So not jumping to conclusions and not just assuming what people have done. Like everyone that we employ is pretty bloody awesome. And there's usually a reason why something's happened, even though it might not be what I would have done. So um, I guess that's, that's a, like a people management type thing um, and learning how to just ask questions rather than being like, what'd you do that for? Um, So yeah, that Um, learning how to just be okay with doing things last minute as well is another one. So we have so, so, so many things on and I just wish that I had more time to plan my work time out. Um, but the rea- reality is we can't do that and then just just learning how to be okay with that and just getting shit done when it just needs to be done. Yeah, that's a really good one because you, you sort of want, you want to feel like when you go to work, you're doing a really good job. And sometimes when you're doing 50 different jobs, you feel like you're not doing any of them very well. <laughs> yes, I'm but so glad you know that. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what a good a definition of a good job is at a place like Black Ops because we just don't have – we can't afford to have 50 people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't think of a third one off the top of my head. I think that was pretty good. Okay, cool. Very good. Um, Adam McDougall says uh, – this is a bit of a long question, but I'll read it all out. And he's going to bring up Microsoft things, which I've just – I don't enjoy that. But anyway, let's, let's see. Um, <laughs> Call me a giant nerd, if you will, but how's the IT setup? I've never been to HQ or BH2, but I presume iPad for POS, a lot of cloud storage, Office 365 for email. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> uh, Myob slash zero for financial stuff, some sort of cloud inventory tracking system. Probably not much in the way of computer gear in the office, so to speak. That sounds about right. Yep, yep, that is about right. And we've probably covered most of it, but yeah, Google Cloud is huge. We all work off... Um, laptops mostly bonnie's the only one that has an actual desktop computer but everybody else works off laptops yeah, um, and mostly macs in the office yeah all macbooks yep yep that's probably all, all else i can add but yeah no microsoft products um except for on bonnie's computer and dan refuses to have microsoft products <laughs> yeah i don't i don't enjoy them but yeah so she has it in case some old person sends us some sort of weird file with some odd extension on it that we have to open um <laughs> But yeah, lots of cloud story. We didn't really mention that, but yeah, we don't, we don't sort of, we don't have a, I guess you, you used to have 
like a central phone system, like a central server and whatnot in companies like this, but we don't have any of that. Like if you've got a file on your computer, it's either in Google Drive or it just doesn't exist to Black Ops. Yeah. And yeah, we don't have telephones either. We all have mobile phones and the, um, the office phone is also a mobile phone, so you can text it too. Yeah. You can actually ring people on Slack too, which I don't know if anyone knows Ooh. or cares that. I don't think we've ever done it. Unnecessary probably. It's, yeah, it's unnecessary. Well, Slack was built as a, a tool for remote teams. So for that, it would be useful. But for us, it, it's not. Can yeah. you video call? I think so. We should try it. I'm pretty sure you can. So with Bonnie working up at Black Ops 2 now, we've decided to, I can't be there all the time. I try and get there a couple of days a week, but we've just decided to try and do some video call meetings. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should look at something like Zoom or something for that. Mm. There's lots of good... Apps Google do one as well. Yeah, yeah. Getting What's that Hangouts? Google Hangouts. I think it's Hangouts yeah. or Google Meeting or something. Yeah, Microsoft probably do one as well, but it'll be <laughs> shit. Let's not, let's not look at that. Okay, uh, Jeff oh, says... So many questions. <laughs> no, yeah, this is the last one and that's within an hour. Wow, so that's pretty thank good. you. Um, Jeff Frampton, how do you coordinate all of the moving parts and promote good teamwork? Wow, um, it's These are tough. some big questions. Yeah, how do I coordinate it? Um, okay, I have lists. Uh, extensive lists and um, any one day I come in and just prioritise what needs to be done and quite often it's something to do with a beer launch and that gets prioritised first. Um, it's being organised and it's it's prioritising essentially. Yeah. Yep. Also and just having re- a really good te- team, like you know when you give something to Bonnie. I know when I give something to you, you're going to get it done properly or you're going to give it to Bonnie and she's going to get it done properly. Yep. And I think if you don't have that, everything goes to shit. Yeah. My, our team in the chair force is amazing. I know that I can rely on them for anything. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's probably it. We've gone over an hour, so that's wow. pretty good. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for all the work you do. You're absolutely amazing. And I'm glad that people on the podcast will be able to um, sort of listen to all the stuff you do and appreciate the, the kind of work that often doesn't get seen at a business like this. And uh, please don't go back to doing tours in Europe. (laughs) I can just do tours of Black Ops instead. No, thank you so much. Um, And yeah, and if anyone does have any questions, just let me know. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Alrighty. Well, I'm a little bit biased, but I thought that was awesome. It was really great to chat to Leah. She's just amazing at Black Ops, super critical at what we do. It's, you know, it's easy to get caught up in all the fun stuff or the social media and the beers and everything else. But this is a tough company to run and and we couldn't do it without Leah. So I'm very grateful to have her on the podcast and to have her and I hope it was useful. I really think it will be um, to people who are in this space and trying to think about the sort of things that they want to do to run their business. On that topic, I've done a bunch of interviews in this podcast. I've got one more interview coming up and a couple more chats with Black Ops staff. So the next four episodes uh, we're going to be down in Brucon. I'm going to be interviewing Stomping Ground. Those guys are absolute legends. I can't wait for that. So that should be our next one. We're going to be doing one with Govs on recipe development and a couple more to round out the season. I really hope you guys are enjoying this episode. Like I said at the start, it's great when you come up to us and you tell us you're listening to the podcast. It's, it you know, means a lot. We're really happy that you guys are listening to what we're doing, supporting what we're doing, drinking independent craft beer. And thank you very much. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.